Hello, and welcome into Airing It Out, a Penn State podcast brought to you by the Center Daily Times. I'm your host, John Sauber, and I'm joined by Parth Upadye. Parth, how are you? Yeah, John, I'm doing well. Um, really excited to head out to Bloomington on Friday and, and cover this game Saturday. It's, it's about time. Yeah, no, it's, it's been a long time coming for all of us. Uh, you know, two months later than I think most of us anticipated, or almost two months anyways, about seven weeks there. Uh, like you mentioned, Penn State will be going to Bloomington, Indiana to play the Hoosiers Saturday at 3.30. Uh, I believe the game's being aired on Fox Sports 1. Should be an exciting game. Indiana has given Penn State trouble in recent years. Uh, it's generally been a tight matchup as long as Tom Allen's been their head coach. Um, of course, this is going to be a new year for Penn State with Kirk Shiraka as the first year as the offensive coordinator, so we'll see what develops there. Um, let's dig right into this, though. Uh, you know, we looked at key matchups. We wrote our stories. They're, they're up on centerdaily.com, but you know, we, we can dig a little bit deeper into those here. What did you have as your key matchup for Saturday's game? Yeah, John, my key matchup was, you know, Penn State secondary against Indiana's receivers. Um, you know, if you look at Indiana last year, they were ranked 15th in the country in passing yards per game, a little bit over 300 yards per game there. Yeah, Indiana's got a guy, you know, a star in Watt Fillier who caught about 70 passes for over 1,000 yards. You know, definitely an all-Big Ten caliber talent, and he's poised to have another all-Big Ten caliber year. Yeah, they've also got a guy, uh, you know, another receiver named Ty Fryfogle you know, a, a player who was a, a pretty solid, you know, reliable second option for, for quarterback Michael Penix Jr. last year. He caught about 45 passes for over 600 yards as well. Yeah, you know, Penn State secondary uh, was susceptible to big plays last year. They ranked, you know, 100th out of 130 FBS teams in opponent passing yards per game last year. And, it, you know, it certainly doesn't help that they lost guys like, you know, cornerback John Reed, guys like safety Garrett Taylor. Uh, you know, this year you've got, you know, safety Lamont Wade, uh, Jaquan Brisker, Tyreek Castro-Field, those guys, you know, must step up uh, to slow down Indiana. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, and and Watt Fillier probably has something to prove after after what happened in last year's game. He, uh, Penn State fans will remember he got hit in the head, uh, was pulled out of the game to enter concussion protocol, I believe, and and missed the rest of that game uh, on, on what uh, a lot of Indiana fans on Twitter will tell you was an illegal hit. I don't believe it was deemed targeting. I can't remember for certain, but, but you're 100% right. This is, a, this is an Indiana team that's going to be looking to throw the ball. Uh, they lost their offensive coordinator from last year in Kalen DeBoer, but promoted from within uh, to, to promote Nick Sheridan to that offensive coordinator job. He's a young guy, but he's well thought of. Uh, you know, he was he was a tight ends coach last year and learned under, under DeBoer. Uh, should go with that pass-heavy attack again. Uh, Fillier is going to be the main target. Uh, Freifogel presents another great option for them. And, and not to mention, Michael Penix Jr. is also excellent as, at creating with his legs. It's not just about the pass there with him. He can create with his legs, and it's not always looking to run downfield either. Sometimes he's just looking to find room to, to make a pass downfield and make a big play. Uh, and, and like you said, the cornerback room suffered uh, last year. Uh, some, some pretty big, uh, big plays came against them. They, they couldn't get their head around on time. They, they didn't make plays on the ball. They sort of tried to play their man and would, would get beat deep far too often. Uh, you know, that happened to everyone from Tariq Castro-Fields to John Reed, who's no longer with the team because he's with the Houston Texans in the NFL, to Keaton Ellis, to Marquis Wilson, to all of these young guys down the depth chart. So unless we see a legitimate philosophical change there, they might struggle with that again this year. Uh, and especially against this Indiana team that that likes to throw the ball deep. They they like to, you know, put up points offensively, especially if they're going to look like they did with DeBoer last year. We'll see if they do. Anytime you, you know, you sort of promote from within. I know Penn State fans will obviously remember when Joe Moorhead was the offensive coordinator, they promoted Ricky Ronnie to that position after Moorhead left. And it wasn't the same, uh, you know, the same offense, even though fundamentally it was the same, the plays were the same, the, the concepts and schemes were the same. 
the play caller wasn't the same. And at the end of the day, that matters quite a bit. The guy that's calling these plays has to have a pulse on his team. He has to know what's going on. Uh, he has to have a feel for his players. And, and if he doesn't, then, then he's going to be in some big trouble. We'll see if Nick Sheridan has that. He hasn't had the benefit of, of games against non-conference teams to sort of get ready for this game. This will be his first time calling plays for Indiana. Uh, I'm really interested to see how that plays out. But, but if he starts hitting the right buttons and, and Michael Penix Jr. can start making plays downfield, then this could be a win for Indiana. Like, that's the formula for them. they got to make plays deep. Uh, not to mention, you know, I, I said failure might want some revenge. Penix might too. Penix, last time playing Penn State at Memorial Field in Bloomington, he tore his ACL. This is the first time he's getting to take on Penn State since then after missing last year with a sternoclavicular injury, which I'm no doctor, but I think it has something to do with your shoulder and chest based on the two words. Uh, so he missed the game last year, missed the rest of the season after hurting that in early November. Uh, but yeah, there's, there are guys on this team that want revenge and they just happen to be at two positions that, that you point out in this key matchup that, that is going to be crucial in, in deciding the outcome of the game. Yeah, John, you know, Penn State's rush defense was stout last year. They were fifth best in the nation, you know, allowing only 2.6 yards per rush uh, last season. You know, that, that's probably going to be the case again this year. So Indiana's not going to have a choice but to throw if they want to put up points on the Nittany Lions this Saturday. Um, that's going to make, like I said earlier, that's going to make uh, Penn State secondary susceptible to, to big plays and um, to, to a gashing, quite frankly. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. When you, uh, when you uh, sort of are susceptible to more passing plays, you're susceptible to more big plays. Uh, it's just sort of the nature of the game. It's why you know, a lot of advanced metrics will tell you that throwing the ball generally is better than running the ball because you, have, uh, you generally average more yards per play in that way. Um, and, and, you know, on the flip side, it's, it'll be Penn State's running attack that actually does the damage against Indiana's defense. Uh, and that's what I chose as my key matchup, you know, it, it, whereas, whereas Indiana is going to have to throw the ball because they're not going to have a choice. Penn state is going to try to put themselves in a position where uh, Indiana can't stop the run and, and they just keep doing it over and over again and sort of uh, beat them down in that way. The, the, the Nittany Lions, of course, losing journey Brown hurts. There's no way around it. Uh, he was Dane Brugler's number one running back in the 2021 draft class. He was a guy that I, I thought was one of the best running backs in college football uh, his contact balance was incredible. His speed was, was, was top-notch. I mean, he was a 100-meter dash guy in, in high school, uh, an, elite, an elite sprinter, uh, had added a bunch of muscle. We saw it in the Ohio State game last year uh, when, when he would get hit and he showed off that contact balance, that speed, and that power all at once. He would get hit, bounce off guys, and he would be, stay steady and keep running downfield. He did it time and time again against the Buckeyes, uh, and he did it against Memphis, too, in the Cotton Bowl. And, and that's that's part of the reason this is so sad. The other part is this is this is a, you know another human being's health. You, you want the best for the kid. You hope he's healthy. You hope he recovers fully and gets to live the kind of life he wants to, whatever that may be. Um, but it, you know, as for the on the field impact for Penn State, this is it. it it's no doubt a loss. Uh, Journey Brown is, like I said, elite in every sense of the word, but they're loaded at running back. Uh, Noah Kane should be the bell cow, uh, I would think. He is, uh, he's been a bruising back in his you know, one year on campus, and he was in, in high school as well. Uh, he was their second leading rusher from the running backs last year. And he, he you, know, you know, had his moments, too, where he looked like he should be the starter over Journey Brown. Now, that didn't come to fruition. He doesn't quite have the long speed or, or the breakaway speed or the big playability that Journey Brown does. But but he's a guy that can carry the ball 20 to 22 times a game uh, and get you 100 yards. You know, he can, he can wear defense down. And then you can bring in a backup like Devin Ford, who is a big play threat in every sense of the word, who is a good running back, too. That, that's not to say he's, he's not just going to, you know, uh, try and break off a 70-yard run every, every play. He's, he's more than capable of getting five, six yards on plays, uh, you know, and, and just beating a guy in the open field as well. 
he, but he's, he's not quite there yet as uh, where Noah Kane is and, and carrying the load. So it'll be a change of pace with when Devin Ford hits the field. Uh, it'll likely be a change of pace when freshman Keziah Holmes hits the field. Uh, and, and Kevon Lee is sort of a little similar to, to Noah Kane, but probably a better athlete at this point and even bigger, uh, which is, is crazy to say, given the size Noah Kane has, we'll see how Kane and uh, Ford are used. And if, if Holmes and Lee sort of get involved early on Saturday, but, but this team, make no mistake about it, they're going to try to run the ball. Kirk Sharaka made his money last year uh, running the ball at Minnesota. Uh, that's why he has this job at Penn State, quite frankly. He, he put on a show for the Golden Gophers as a, as a run-heavy attack. They, they ran the ball in 61.16% of their plays. Uh, that, that's top 20 in the country, and that's not something you usually see as a formula for success anymore. Like I said, a lot of advanced metrics will tell you passing the ball is better. But he, he runs the ball to, to sort of free up his passing game, uh, if that makes sense. He, he's trying to run the ball to gash teams. He's not trying to run the ball to get three yards per play. He's trying to break big plays. He's using uh, tight ends as inline blockers. He's you know, using extra linemen as extra blockers to, to create space and create mismatches. And at the end of the day, that's a lot of what football is about offensively is creating mismatches and taking advantage. I tend to think Kirk Sharaka comes off as a guy that's smart enough. If, if he has a mismatch on the outside, he'll take advantage of that. If he has it in the slot, he'll take advantage of that. If he has it in the running game, he'll take advantage of that. And, you know, this Saturday that should be in the running game because of how talented the Penn State defense or Penn State offense is, excuse me, and, and how the Indiana defense, while, while good, isn't great. Uh, you know, having, having guys like Mike McFadden, uh, you know, at, at linebacker, who's a, a sort of a true traditional linebacker who isn't great in the passing game but is a great run stuffer, uh, you know, fills his gap, is, plays disciplined football alongside Cam Jones, who's a really good athlete who played at safety for a little bit when he was at Indiana as a sophomore. Uh, and it made plays, at, you know, in, the, in the, the third level of the field, moved up, played, played uh, linebacker in his, his first year starting now, is going to have some big shoes to fill. Uh, they lost Raekwon Jones, who was, uh, you know, one, one of Indiana's best defensive players last year. And without Raekwon Jones, Cam Jones has to step up, and we'll see if he's capable of doing that. The uh, the front four is is formidable for Indiana, but again, it's it's not great. Their 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 ends can can be you know a little bit uh, I don't want to say bullied around, but they can be pushed you know easier than most Big Ten defensive linemen. This is an athletic defense, not necessarily a power defense. You know they they they're a team that that honestly tends to struggle in in big games. They they haven't gotten over the hump under Tom Allen, and and that could matter quite a bit in this matchup and. And honestly, I, I think Penn State is going to come away with this game with, with at least 200-plus rushing yards. If Penn State's able to run the ball like that, then, then they're not going to have a hard time with Indiana. And, and honestly, that's what I expect to happen. I think this, this Penn State team is going to overpower Indiana. I think they're going to put up points. They're going to hit big plays in the rushing game, uh, in the passing game, and, and make life difficult for the Hoosiers. Uh, I'm probably going to be relatively alone on how high I'm going to go with the score of this game. Uh, I, I'll go Penn State beats Indiana 42-31 to 31, uh, on Saturday with, with Kirk Shiraka really showing off what he can do in his first game uh, as the Nittany Lions offensive coordinator. Parth, where are you at with this one? Yeah, John, I'm, I'm kind of close. I'm kind of in your neighborhood. Not, not quite at the 41 range there, but you know, I got Penn State putting up five touchdowns, 35 points. Uh, Indiana's bound to get bound to score a little bit, you know, off of uh, just throwing the ball on, on Penn State's susceptible secondary like we talked about. Give me, give me Penn State 35, Indiana 20. Yeah, and, and I can see that. You know, there, the, this game could uh, – now, reasonably, it could be closer. I don't expect it to be. Clearly, you don't expect it to be. You know, we both have two score games here. Uh, it should be a fun game either way. It, 
it doesn't matter. Football's back uh, in the Big Ten. I think we're both going to enjoy that. Uh, speaking of which, we haven't gotten into our season predictions yet now that football is back. Uh, we may as well look at this from the broader perspective now and, and sort of what we think Penn State's capable of this year. I know, uh, you know, everyone likes to have their call on this. It's a weird season. There's eight regular season games with the ninth extra game that technically is a regular season game. It's a crossover game with the West uh, and, and should be really interesting. Uh, Parth, how do you see this year going for Penn State and what record do you see them finishing with? Man, this season's going to be so hard to predict so many uncertainties. Like, we don't know who's going to be available from a week-to-week basis. You know, we talked to Franklin earlier, you know, at, at 6.30, and he, he talked about uh, guys getting tested Saturday morning and the potential for false positives. So there's so many uncertainties. You really don't know who you're going to have, who you're not going to have. But I do see this team winning seven games. You know, Ohio State's still that brick wall that it's always been for Penn State. I don't see them getting that one. And then I see them stubbing their toe uh, probably in that Big Ten West matchup, you know, when, when it comes down to, to week nine. Yeah, and, and I could see that happening too. I think I think it, it came down to me to that matchup as well. I think it, it probably will for a lot of people. You're going to see a lot of people projecting eight and one, seven and two. I went with eight and one. Uh, at the end of the day, I, I think a team like Minnesota could beat them out West if that's who they face. I don't think they will. Uh, and I think that's probably who they're going to get. I, I would have to imagine Wisconsin's going to win the West as they do. You know, that just seems to be a, one of the few certainties that there seems to be and probably will be again this year now that they've upgraded at quarterback with Graham Mertz. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a really interesting year, like you said, though. We just don't know what's going to happen. We don't know who's going to play when. You know, who knows? Maybe, maybe Ohio State or Penn State is without a few key players in week two, and it completely changes the trajectory of that game. I went with eight and one. I think they're going to lose that week two matchup. But, but I think what it really ma- what it comes down to with that matchup and what really matters is that they keep it close. The committee has to look at that game. They have to go back and watch it, and they have to see a Penn State team that competed with Ohio State, that hung with a team that, that has uh, more talented players based on recruiting rankings, that has you know, recruited better over the years than the Nittany Lions have. You know, they need to see uh, real competition. They need to see them stay close. They can't lose by you know, three scores plus. They, they've got to keep it uh, you know, like they're legitimately in the game the whole way through uh, in order to keep their college football playoff chances alive, because that's what this is about. There is a, a golden opportunity for Penn state this year. Uh, we've seen plenty of teams in the big 12 and sec sort of blow their chances already. Uh, the ACC seems like Clemson is the only good team, uh, which is par for the course there too. And, and Bama is sort of dominating college football. So you've got two teams that are sort of locked into the playoff. Uh, I know it's early to say that, but I mean, come on, we see it every year. It's Bama, it's Clemson. They're going to be in, uh, you know, and, and then you're sort of fighting for the last two spots with the Pac-12 and the rest of the other three conferences. Ohio State's probably going to get one. Justin Fields is the, the second best player in the country. Uh, he's an, an incredible quarterback, has a chance to be the number two overall pick in the draft and would be number one in a lot of drafts if Trevor Lawrence weren't there, but he is. Uh, and so if Ohio State's getting that three spot or that two spot or that one spot and going undefeated, you need to have a chance at the four spot. You need to have a convincing case that you are the fourth best team in the country. You don't even have to be in the same tier as Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama. You just need to be able to prove that on any given day you can compete with them and keep it kind of close uh, because there aren't many teams in the country that can do that. And if Penn State shows they can do that in week two and win out from there, then who knows what happens? Then, then you've given yourself a legitimate chance to prove to the committee that, hey, we're deserving of this number four spot. That being said, even if they lose week two and win out, there is no guarantee they're getting in the playoff. If you go und- if you don't go undefeated, you are far from a guarantee, unless you're Alabama or Clemson, as we've seen in the past, that you're getting in the playoff. Uh, you've 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 got to win every single game you have in order to to guarantee that spot. And and you know while I do think they go eight and one, and I do think they sneak into the playoff, 
that's far from a guarantee. Those two things are, are mutually exclusive. You know, they can make the playoff and they can, or, or they can, they can go eight and one and they can miss the playoff. Like there is, there's a window where that happens. And, you know, I don't want to make it seem like I'm guaranteeing a playoff berth here, but, but I think if they go eight and one, they're going to have as good of an opportunity as anyone in the country. Yeah, John, you seem, you seem pretty uh, optimistic about this season for the Nittany Lions. Are, are you saying that, that if, if you had to, you had to put money down now you would put money down on them making the college football playoff is what you're suggesting so i don't know that i would put money on them making it as much as i would put money on other teams stumbling if that makes sense uh and and i think that's that's the likely outcome we're looking at here it's not one where they're they're sort of locking themselves in uh as much as hoping others fall apart around them i guess you know and and i am optimistic this is a really good team and uh their two biggest losses of micah parsons and and uh journey brown are at positions where they have real depth uh and and kirk Shiraka as an offensive coordinator is a big step up from ricky ronnie now it's on the team to put it all together and put it all out there on the field and you know try and actually accomplish what they haven't accomplished since the college football playoff began yeah, John, you mentioned, uh, you know, the loss of Micah Parsons, the loss of Journey Brown. And, yeah, you're right. Like, those losses are at position groups where they have a lot of depth, and at linebacker, at running back. But I think teams that make the college football playoff and teams that advance that far, you need a certain element of star power. And those were the stars. You know, those were the guys that are going to get their names called in, in early rounds in the NFL draft, you know, come spring. Um, without them, I'm a little bit, you know, hesitant to kind of pencil Penn State in um, in, in that CFP picture. Yeah, no, and that makes sense. Uh, I'm going to call mine, I guess, chalk on a sidewalking them in, you know, just where someone walks on it, it wipes away pretty easily so everyone can forget that it happened. Uh, you're absolutely right, though. They, you know, star, they are relying on star power. Uh, their star power is kind of gone. It's Pat Fryermuth, and, and tight ends really aren't going to carry many teams that far. Um, we'll see what happens. The problem is I think a lot of these teams have a Micah Parsons and a Journey Brown at every position, and Penn State doesn't yet. Uh, still working toward getting there. Uh, but we'll see. It's going to be a fun year. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I know you are. You're finally getting to cover a game uh, you know, at, at Penn State now that you're on the beat here. Uh, you'll be traveling there. As, as you said earlier, you'll be, have game coverage from the game. I'll have game coverage, too, remotely. Uh, we'll have excellent coverage at centerdaily.com, as we always do. Um, but that'll do it for this week's episode of airing it out. You can find us as always on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts, Stitcher, and tune in. Please subscribe, rate and review our podcast on your platform of choice. If you want to read Parthenize writing, you can subscribe to a sports pass from the center daily times at centerdaily.com backslash sports podcast. If you have any comments, you can reach Parth at P U P A D H Y A Y A at centerdaily.com or me at J S A U B E R at centerdaily.com. Follow both of us on Twitter at P-U-P-A-D-H-Y-A-Y-A underscore and at John Sauber with no H. Thank you for tuning in and have a great day.